0: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal Schurz. Each week we bring you a, uh, a slice of what doctors are talking about in Doctor's Lounges all over the country. We talk about the issues that affect our practice of medicine and you, the patients. And we give you some insight into what those conversations are all about so that you can be armed with the information that you'll need to fight for your health care freedom. The show is brought to you by the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, which is a non-for-profit 501c3 corporation. That means that we are a charitable organization, so we depend on on the contributions and uh, support of you, the listeners. We can't bring you the kind of shows like this each week without your support, and we appreciate it. So please go to our website, www.docs, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. It's docs4patientcarefoundation.org, or simply d4pcfoundation.org, and please contribute generously so that again, we can continue to do our thing, which is to preserve the doctor-patient relationship and to fight for your health care freedom. Well, preserving the doctor-patient relationship is the uh, theme of what our show is about today. And um, I'm really uh, happy to uh, uh, have this show today and and welcome my guest today, who is is very interested in the doc- doctor-patient relationship and has uh, um, done his part to uh, demonstrate this uh, uh, commitment towards the doctor-patient relationship. My, my guest today is is going to be Daniel Craviato. Dan is a uh, orthopedic surgeon. He practices in Santa Barbara, California. Um, and uh, Dan... Uh, came into uh, the fold, I guess, after a lot of uh, frustration, um, watching what was happening to medicine in this country and his practice in particular. And uh, two years ago, he wrote a uh, a piece that appeared in the Wall Street Journal called A Doctor's Declaration of Independence. And he starts out by saying, in my 23 years as a practicing physician, I've learned that the only thing that matters is the doctor-patient relationship. How we interact and treat our patients is the practice of medicine. I acknowledge that there is a problem with the rising cost of health care, but there's also a problem when the individual physician in the trenches does not have a voice in the debate and is being told what to do and how to do it. That pretty much summarizes it, doesn't it, Dan? It sure does. Welcome into the doctor's lounge today. Thank you. We, um, you know, have, uh, uh, as as an organization, Docs for Patient Care, have been uh, talking about this for the past eight years. That's, uh, you know, we've done a lot of things in our organization to try to demonstrate this uh, issue and highlight it and, and make uh, make sure that uh, this is the central piece of, of what we're doing at all times. What What led you... To, uh, to write this uh, Wall Street Journal article and uh, and and, uh, and how has it been received?
2: Yeah, well, let me just say real quickly, Hal, thanks for having me on the show. And I, uh, I've been following you guys at Docs for Patient Care for two years ever since you said I've kind of got into this. And I appreciate everything you guys stand for. You certainly have been at it a lot longer than I have. But having said that, yeah, what got me into it? I was—I remember clearly. I was—I was, uh, was dictating one one evening, 2014. I'd I'd come home and I'd had dinner with my family, and then they went in the back room, and I was dictating. And after about an hour and a half, my, I was dictating my electronic charts, and because I couldn't keep up anymore. And after about an hour and a half, I said, "You know, it just kind of hit me this wave that what what's going on here? Is this?" something I caused myself? Have I taken on too much? Or what has changed? Something has changed and it It was like a wave that hit me and then the next feeling was this kind of almost a, a, uh, a, I guess a little bit of anger and then frustration that, no, what, what happened here is that I've been trying to practice the same but because of um, mandates, uh, because of bureaucratic regulations that came out of the High Tech Act and then the Affordable Care Act, I had to do more regulatory things. And this clerical work, these clicking of boxes, was eating away at my time, so much so that it was now taking away from family time. And that's what really got me. And, you know, and I just said, I I need to write something here. I need to, like, get this um, out there. That's kind of what led me into it.
1: So um you wrote a piece in the Wall Street Journal and just for our listeners, uh Doctor Craviato is a very busy uh orthopedic surgeon. He has a very busy practice and um and actually uh our paths have not crossed, but we've gone to we've been in the same places. Doctor Craviato trained in uh in San Antonio where I went to school. He now practices in California where I trained. So, uh, he, um, you know, he's, he's a legitimate everyday working physician, uh, orthopedic surgeon, busy, but, but, um, felt compelled to, uh, to stand up and, uh, basically put his money where his mouth was. So, so, uh, Dan, what, so you wrote this piece and what was the, what was the response?
2: Yeah, it was incredible. I, well, you know, if you've. And I know you have written some things, but when you're when you're writing something and then you're going to submit it, you're looking at the send button, right? And you That's know right. when you hit it, you're putting your name out there. Right. And there might be people out there who disagree with your philosophy, and those people might want to shape your words in in other ways. But the response was incredible. I, I, you know, I had letters come into my office. I had uh, not only physicians but patients and teachers who education are de- is dealing with similar kind of things who left me voicemail messages on my uh, at my office saying thank you you said exactly what we were thinking and, and then there were a number of um, comments on the Wall Street journal uh, website but it was overwhelmingly positive and uh, I knew immediately and, and you guys at uh, what you do how at docs for patient care know this because, as you said, you've been doing it for eight years. But I knew immediately that I touched a cord, and I knew immediately that, whoa, this was not just me out there isolated as an individual physician uh, who believed this way. This was actually, and is, uh, you know experienced and sensed and lived out every day by every physician across the United States.
1: So it sounds it sounds to me like um, the there were more uh, people than just doctors who were who were touched by this. It sounds like people who were tired of the bureaucratic state were were the ones who uh, were were uh, um, really moved by what you wrote.
2: That's exactly right because you see this, uh, you know, as you touched on in what I alluded to uh, from different uh, backgrounds, education, I had teachers write me, uh, I had people who had been in uh, the military and were used to this kind of, um, you know, top-down, this is what you're going to do approach, write me, um, and all touched on that same theme, you know, about what, ha- what is it like when you have uh, a significant area within our society, in this instance healthcare, what is that like when all of a sudden you start to limit the, in, in this case, physicians, freedom, and you start to dictate to them how to practice or what they have to do in order to practice or they will be penalized? What does that look like? And that's the chord it touched, not only amongst physicians, but amongst, amongst patients.
1: Well, we're all patients, aren't we? Yes, we are. And, uh, you know, that's always been frustrating that people are uh, not recognizing the fact that uh, if they don't take ownership of this, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but at some point it's going to come back to haunt them. And that's, that's uh, the message, I think, that we, we try to uh, spread and, and, uh, and, and uh, promote whenever we're out talking about health care so so, um, so you had this piece out there and I guess uh, anybody who writes you uh, you experienced what everybody was hoping that their pieces would uh, achieve which is to go viral is that right
2: that is what happened
1: so so then what happened Dan tell, tell us I mean it didn't just stop there did it
2: no so I, I you know I got all these letters and emails and phone calls and and uh, You know, I think I know. I called everyone back. I mean, I had, I I had radio show hosts who were calling me to be on the radio. I mean, I had TV hosts, and I couldn't do it all. The patients and the physicians, I I I responded to almost all of them. I'd like to say, but that's not where it ended. So, about a week or two after I wrote it, I get a call from a doctor, Michael Strickland, um, who's an internist in Ohio. And he said, I loved your piece, Dan. What are you, you going to do about it? And, and by the way, he wasn't the only one who voiced that. There were, no, and, I, and, and I agree with that, that, you know, it's, it's one thing to say something, but then what are you going to do about it? Um, and that was his question. I, he goes, you know, we ought to really get together, and we should do something, and we need to do this, this, and this. And he called me when I was in a very busy orthopedic clinic seeing patients. I said, yeah, you're right. We'll we'll do that. I'll get back in touch with you. A week went by. um, I never called him back. And to his credit, he called me back and he said, you know, did I say something you didn't like or I thought we were (laughs) going to do something here? And that began a process where Dr. Michael Strickland, myself, Dr. Strickland's wife, Dr. Gina Maylink, and then Dr. Gina Maylink is an oncologist in Ohio, and then Dr. Judith Thompson, a general surgeon in Texas, began meeting on a weekly basis to decide, you know, what should we do, let's plan a conference, and let's get these ideas out there.
1: So the conference uh, which uh, Docs for Patient Care representatives attended, and uh, uh, this 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 conference, Actually, uh, came to fruition, didn't it?
2: It did in 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 July of 2015, uh, and it was fairly well attended uh, by a cross section of physicians across the country. And uh, we invited people to speak on what was affecting them, and it was very well attended. Uh, and I was just impressed with the um, with with the quality uh, and the passion. Of our colleagues there, who attended and who spoke at that conference.
1: So, so this conference, um, for those who um, may remember, because we promoted it on the radio show, was um, in uh, in Colorado. We had this at Keystone in uh, in uh, twenty fifteen, and um, it was a week long conference. It was a very ambitious project, and uh, Dr. Strickland. Uh, shepherded this with uh, as as uh uh really the uh driving force behind actually making this come to fruition he got partners involved with this including the physicians foundation and um for a week there were webcasts and then there were uh a, there was a live meeting that the uh um, conference culminated in and um and what were some of the themes Dan, that uh, that you recall um, at this meeting.
2: Yeah, and before I go on, you, you, you mentioned them, and I wanted to the Physicians Foundation, uh, and who all, all who are listening, you can go to their website and and read about them. Was just very instrumental in um, supporting us, encouraging us, attending. Um, and they're all about supporting physicians, and we couldn't have done this without them. So I I respect them, I applaud them. Uh, I think they're just a great organization.
1: They absolutely are, I echo that as well.
2: Yeah, uh, there were a lot of themes at the meeting. Uh, you know, I spoke about the doctor-patient relationship, a number of people did. Dr. Dick Armstrong uh, gave a nice talk about healthcare and the evolution of healthcare. Uh, there were a number of people who spoke about uh, who opted out of Medicare, and then there were people who spoke about um, you know opting out and just having a, a DPC, a direct primary, direct patient care practice. Um, we spoke to the uh, you know freestanding Oklahoma Surgery Center who's done who's done that. There were a lot of people who spoke. I can't recall them all off the top of my head, or the titles of their talks, but it was varied, and it was basically physicians speaking about, and not only physicians. You know, we had the director, couple of directors of medical association, Dr. Tomkins. Dan, Tom, can Dan we're, going to take,
1: yeah. we're going to take a hard break right here, and we'll let you finish that thought about um, the non-physicians at the conference. When we come back after the break, into the doctors' lounge. Stay with us.
4: Are your health insurance premiums going up? You are not alone. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org to understand why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. This is Grace Marie Turner, president of the Galen Institute. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org.
0: Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
5: Thank you.
0: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal Schurz, and my guest today is uh, Dr. Daniel Craviato, orthopedic surgeon from Santa Barbara, California, the author of the uh, Wall Street Journal piece of Doctor's Declaration of Independence. Um, In it, he wrote, I don't know about other physicians, but I am tired, tired of mandates, tired of outside interference, tired of anything that unnecessarily interferes with the way I practice medicine. No other profession would put up with this kind of scrutiny and coercion from outside forces. The legal profession would not, the labor unions would not. We as physicians continue to plod along and take our patients while those on the outside continue to intrude and interfere with the practice of medicine. And pretty much, uh, you know, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head with this piece, Dan, and I think that's why it resonated so much with so many people, and, and just having it out there in front of people in print in the Wall Street Journal was an eye-opening experience.
2: Well, thank you. I appreciate that.
1: You know, you, we were talking about uh, the the summit meeting um, where we had speakers come from all Aspects of medicine, they were talking about uh, the uh, opting out of Medicare, as you said, and starting direct primary practices, direct primary care, is something that we talk about on this show on a regular basis. We talked about, um, if you'll remember, uh, Mike Karuchik, my co-host, gave very good talk about the, the problems with the electronic medical record which is uh, something that you touched on in, in your Wall Street Journal piece as well. Um, so uh, this, this meeting uh, produced an awful lot of material. So um, what, So it, the meeting, I, I'm just trying to give our listeners a chronologic um, idea of how doctors like yourself and like uh, Mike Strickland and Gina and Judith got got tired and uh, decided that individual doctors can make a difference
2: yeah that's essentially what happened and so uh, you know it's we, I we found out through the course of a year year and a half of planning this meeting that yes individual doctors can make a difference the biggest difference individual doctors can have if they if they just speak up within their own communities and hospitals. But on a national level, individual doctors can make a difference. We planned this meeting. The meeting was successful. It brought together a lot of physicians and colleagues and other non-medical people at this conference who shared ideas about, you know, what, what is currently going on in healthcare care in, in the medical profession. But when that conference ended, we had a lot of ideas and a lot of speakers and a lot of material those four doctors that you just said, one, I'm one of them, We're kind of, we were we we're burned out. We were exhausted. We realized that we can't do this on our own, and, and we just needed a three- to four-month break, and that's what, we just took a three- to four-month break. We didn't talk about it for three or four months, and then we got back together, and we said, you know, we, we need to pull some other board members in, and we did, and we need to start thinking, who else? let's be an instrument to align with some other groups who are talking about some similar issues so that together we can come together and and be stronger, be stronger, be united, and be stronger in our
1: message. Okay. And... uh so keep keep talking dan tell tell I mean, you have the floor, so I want you to tell your story because I think it 's a an important uh, story to tell it It um, as I said, um, underscores the fact that individual doctors can make a difference, and why it 's important that patients pay attention to this because uh, it's your doctor who really is the only one who cares about your health care it's not the hospitals it's not the insurance companies it's not the government the The relationship is the doctor patient relationship and we 're going to circle back to that theme that 's the theme of today's show Dan. and 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 it will you know culminate in what what um we are uh as as a, a collaborative effort uh, launching or have launched uh um Two days ago, so 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 keep keep going about uh, where where this went.
2: So um, so we you know we were we were we were exhausted after this conference and tired, but we all realized that you know we need to engage some other people on our in our board. The we when we when the four of us came together, we formed an organization, a nonprofit called. United Physicians and Surgeons of America, and uh, leading up to the conference, um, you know, we the four of us thought, you know, how could we? What what would be um, a saying or a statement or a slogan that would capture the essence of all of this? Right, and went and we we went back and forth, and we shared ideas, and there were a number of things thrown out, and um, and we came up. With this statement, let my doctor practice, and and I love that. And it was a collective thing between the four of us that we came up with this. It might have been Mike Strickland or Judy, I forget. But let my doctor practice. The idea strikes me that those words could be are really words coming from a patient. No, let my doctor practice. If you're a patient, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> you know the last thing you want is for someone to be intruding or interfering into your what your physician does you you don't um, Dr. Karuchek uses the term and I love it all these issues it's like a distracted driver analogy he says you know you don't want your when you're driving you don't want to be distracted you have enough on your mind you have enough to concentrate on and and Mike says Dr. Karuchek says it's, it's a distracted driver analogy, and he's right. As a physician, you want to be focused on the patient in front of you. patient is telling you a story. They're telling you what their symptoms are. They're, they, you know, have an illness. They may have pain. They might have, you know, something's going on in that individual patient's life at that moment. And the last thing you want is your physician to be distracted. And unfortunately, because of a series of legislative mandates that have come at us the last few years, doctors can be distracted if we're not careful in the examination room because of all these electronic extra steps we now have to do that I would argue, and a lot of us would argue, have very little, if anything, to do with quality and with treating the patient in front of you.
1: You know, Dan. It's not just the distractions that are being forced on us, but it's it's the slide toward uh, um, a mediocre product that that really uh, I think disturbs those of us who have been practicing medicine for a while and and remember the way things used to be. It's um, it's the fact that the um, the, the patients are being herded in for an average of a seven minute visit, and uh, they they can't uh, they can't really develop the the um, the relationship with their doctors anymore because they they can't uh, spend enough time with them or they can't get in to see them because the the uh, it, the system is so is so bloated and so overburdened the the um, the it's It's really very um uh, it, uh, it's 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 um it, a tent uh, multiple tentacles for this problem that you can 't just distill to one problem so if you have you know a, a system where you have third party reimbursement and they're the ones deciding um, how much they wish to pay and they just keep you know ratcheting it down further and further and further. If a doctor is going to be able to continue to do their job and and keep the lights on and pay their staff and do things, they have to make adjustments, which means getting more people into the into the office, hurting them through, and and really the quality of the product suffers in in such a relationship.
2: Yeah, you're so right. It's it's all of that and, and more, and it all adds up to you know it just in the in the in the final analysis all these things there's only so many hours I have in the day, excuse me, to treat patients. And all of these things steal away from precious time that I could otherwise be giving to patient care. And so you summarize that very nicely. It's all of these things that take away from patient care. And it is about the patient. Um you know, I feel that you know patients will tell you, and we need to engage patients too to speak up in this, and they will um, but it's all about the patient. I think though that physicians and doctors around the country because we have a drive we are in the driver's seat in terms of witnessing in real time how these changes are affecting us, and so we, we physicians and doctors are in a unique position in all of society to speak out powerfully about this. Patients are, too, and they will. But we are because we see it from a medical professional's perspective, from a, from a doctor's eyes. And I think because of that, we have a responsibility to communicate to the public, to communicate to our elected officials, to communicate to all of American society what is going on, how health care in America is changing, and the implications that will have for patients as we move forward
1: you said it dr. Carviato I can't agree with you more that is that is really it we have the responsibility those of us who see what's going on and understand it can't sit still we have a responsibility there are going to be those who go along with, with what's happening and, um, and, and shame on them because they know better. And, uh, and those of us who, who realize that this is not the right direction do have the responsibility to try to do something to protect our patients. And we will uh, talk about what the campaign that we're launching is when we get back in the next segment of the Doctors' Lounge. Please stay with us.
5: Thank you.
4: Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org.
5: This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings at 9 o'clock for Medicine on Call. On Medicine on Call, we talk about more than medicine. It's about how to take control of your mind, body, and spirit.
0: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: And you're back in the doctor's lounge with um, your host, Dr. Hal Schurz, and my guest, Dr. Dan Craviato, orthopedic <coughs> surgeon from Santa Barbara, California, and one of the uh, driving forces behind the Let My Doctor Practice movement. So, so uh, well, um, Dan, the... Um, the "Let My Doctor Practice" uh, uh, slogan, the theme that came out of this meeting, that was uh, really um, uh, created. Um, the the uh, the goal was to make a product out of the meeting at the summit, and um, and with uh, the help of of some partners, that's exactly what we've done, isn't it?
2: Yeah, that's exactly what happened. We, um, we we came out of that meeting and um, the varied physicians who were there and, and the people who weren't physicians who we represented a couple medical societies encouraged us to go, to go on and then uh, and Physicians Foundation encouraged us to go on and, and we decided, well, to take this to the next level and to really, if you think there's power in this message, if you think that America needs to hear this message, if you think that patients need to be informed of what's going on, well, then really we need to kind of create a a campaign, a national movement, so to speak. And so how do you do that? We're all busy. Patients are busy. It's very busy. And we thought the best way to do that would be to um, begin a project and start a campaign and create a video where this video would have initially it, if it follows and if it and if we're able to continue this effort we'll do other videos but the first video was just let's put some physicians in front of a camera and ask them the question how are you being affected and so we created a video and that video was just released. I believe just last night.
1: It was released. It was released uh, two nights ago. And for those of you who would like to see this video, I would encourage you to either go to YouTube or an easier way to do it is just to go to the Docs for Patient Care website. Uh, www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org, and along the top <clears throat> ribbon on the on the website, there's "Let My Doctor Practice." Just click on that, and you'll see a six and a half minute video that uh, that tells the story of uh, the frustration of a group of doctors who just want to practice medicine.
2: Yeah, and it is a powerful video. I've I've watched it a few times now, and it is powerful. It really, I think, gets to the heart. If you listen to these physicians speaking of what, not only what what physicians are dealing with, but you know, it's, it's what patients are dealing with, because we're interconnected in a way that, well, we just are. It's relationship. And so the video is powerful, and I would encourage everyone to watch this video um, and to take action. And you I think one of the best ways you could take action um, is by following Sign Up for Docs for Patient Care newsletter and support them, at least follow them. I'd encourage everyone to financially support what you guys are doing. I mean, like I alluded to or stated earlier, the four physicians that originally started um, this summit at the summit conference, which led to Let My Doctor Practice, we can't do it on our own. We're we, we just—we have busy practices, and we're just too small, and that's why we we partnered with you guys, Hal. And so, everyone who's listening right now, go to the Docs for Patient Care website. Probably a lot of people who are listening do that automatically, but for those who aren't, and just watch this video.
1: Well, you know, I think that what people—if you're looking for an action call, Dan, which I which we always like to give. Um, our listeners, our patients, our fellow doctors, the one thing that you can do is not just watch the video, but share the video. Get it out there because I, I will tell you that the more l- views that this video has, the more it resonates, the, the greater the opportunity will be to launch the campaign that we are um, envisioning Happening that uh, this video will uh, will unleash, and so the the uh, campaign really is about more than just the video. The campaign is about wh- why it's difficult for doctors to take care of you, the patients, and and the real reason is because of the intrusion of a third party in our exam rooms, isn't it, Dan?
2: Yes, that's exactly. Exactly right. Um, it, we have so many uh, kind of voices talking to us as physicians now, and there is this intrusion. Whether it's you know the the government through Medicare and CMS, or a third party payer through the some some of the commercial insurance companies, they're they are they're interfering and they're intruding into this. Um, into the this very, I don't want to overstate it, and I don't think it is, but very sacred doctor-patient relationship, and it is having an impact in on our patients. Well, they're telling you. you earlier, they're it
1: telling is. you, aren't they? Telling you that you can't do knee replacements in some of your patients, or you can't uh, you can't put in hips in some of your patients, Dan?
2: Yeah, they will. They make they make us jump through a number of hurdles, right? I, I have to. Mm-hmm that's the other thing that drives me and that's, it, it almost feels as though they don't trust me right the payers they make me jump through a number of hurdles to prove that the patient needs a hip replacement or a knee replacement or an MRI right almost as if they don't trust me well do you that I have to prove my case well you know, it never used to be that way. Yeah. Do you think um,
1: it's really trust? I, I view it more sinister than that. I'm 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 thinking that they're just hoping that you'll get tired and you'll just give up and uh, and let it go, so that they can they can avoid having to uh, uh, pay for a procedure. You know, if they they put up enough enough obstacles, there's going to be attrition. People are going to just say, you know what, it's just not worth it.
2: Yeah, I think you're right that's definitely it more than 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 the trust thing I, and i don't think it's sinister i think it's reality uh but you're exactly right because some will just drop the ball or the paperwork will be lost or you won't go through the effort and you know peer-to-peer reviews right they peer-to-peer reviews for those who are listening That uh, sometimes as an orthopedic surgeon i might see you and examine your knee and say i think we need to get an mri and all. We our office gets authorization, which takes some more time, from the insurance company. And the insurance company might deny your MRI, and they'll say, well, no, Dr. Cravieto has to do a peer-to-peer review, so I have to call someone, another physician. Oftentimes, it's not, most times, it's not an orthopedic surgeon. And then I have to have another five to ten minute chat with another physician on the line, who, by the way, doesn't know anything about you, uh, patient, and I have to... Explain to him why I think you need an MRI, uh, which is...
1: And they ask you all these inane questions. Well, well have, you, have you tried anti-inflammatories or have you tried to do other things? And like, like they all of a sudden are going to have an epiphany and know exactly the solution when you really know what it is
2: that's correct and i think oftentimes they're looking at someone's algorithm on how to treat someone with knee pain right so right. that's the other conversation they have that, that there are um, there are individuals who uh, want to shape healthcare care policy who think that you know we can do all of this We just have an algorithm and it'll be the same for everyone and here's how you treat that well wrong patients and individual um... you know we we want as physicians, I am doing my best to stay informed, to keep up with the orthopedic literature, to go to conferences, to all these things. And so you hear this term thrown out there, evidence-based. And it's true. You know, we. But I would argue that physicians in general, that is what we do. We do it naturally. Of course, we're going to be evidence-based. But um, Dr. Jewell had a great comment on the video if you will watch it, and and he is right on on this. He said, you know, we're not against evidence based medicine. That because the government and third parties throw out that term, we're not against it. We want to be evidence informed, not evidence enslaved. And I thought that was just a great statement because he's right. I mean, we don't want to we don't want to as American society so enslave our physicians that they have to do things this way, this way, this way, this way, that I think you stifle. I think you...
1: You stifle creativity. You stifle yeah. innovation. You you know, our, our system has become great, not because somebody in an insurance company or in Washington has um, enabled that. We became great because of the of the ingenuity, the creativity, the brilliance of the people who are doing things every single day, including the everyday doctor who is just going to work and doing the best that they can for each and every one of their patients. You know, one of the things that really gets to me is, you know, when they... um, they um use doctors as scapegoats, they vilify physicians, they find the, the the real bad apples and then they try to use that as a reason why everybody needs to be um uh regulated or or controlled because if if we don't get a hold of the this problem this is going to run rampant and and, and it's it's really, you know, the straw man argument that they're using and it's just it's really uh you know, um, something that, again, has, has led to this third-party intrusion, which is the whole reason for why we're talking today. This campaign, the video, the video is the launch of the Threes a Crowd campaign that uh, let my doctor practice and the doctor Patient Care uh, uh, Foundation have uh, have collaborated on so so we have a hard break right here, um, Dan, and we're going to um, wind up the show and, and let you tell everyone when we come back what um, this whole campaign is. We're going to give people an opportunity to uh, to to view everything and and encourage them to do that when we get back in the doctor's lounge in America's Web Radio.
4: Are your health insurance premiums going up? You are not alone. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org to understand why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. This is Grace Marie Turner, President of the Galen Institute. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org.
5: Thank you.
0: You're listening to America's the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: Thanks for staying with us in the Doctor's Lounge. This is your host, Hal Schurz. My guest today is Daniel Craviato, orthopedic surgeon from Santa Barbara, California, and one of the co creators of the Let My Doctor Practice movement. Um, I want to uh, just acknowledge. A uh, couple of our sponsors, um, uh, the Heartland Institute, um, they uh, um, are a uh, sponsor of our show. They uh, advertise our show in their healthcare newsletter that comes out every month, which is read by more people in uh, state. In local and federal government than any other healthcare publication. So I encourage you to go to uh, heartland.org and uh, go to their healthcare section and read about the healthcare issues which the Docs for Patient Care Foundation uh, contributes to and actually sets the agenda for. Um, also, I'd like to thank uh, our. Uh, uh, board member, uh, our, our uh, advisory board member and friend, Grace Marie Turner, for doing the uh, public service announcements on behalf of the Galen Institute, another supporter of the, uh, uh, the radio show and the Docs for Patient Care Foundation. So in uh, his piece in the Wall Street Journal, uh, Dan wrote, we can change the paradigm. We could, as a group, elect not to take any insurance, not to accept Medicare, Many doctors have already done these steps and are not to roll over time and time again. We have let nearly everyone trespass on the practice of medicine. Are we better for it? Has it improved quality? Do we have more of a voice at the table or less? Are we as physicians happier or more disgruntled than two years ago, five years ago, ten years ago? I I ask you, are, are we happier as patients? than we were two years ago, five years ago, or ten years ago. What what say you, Dan?
2: I would say uh, no. If I heard you, you cut out. I think you asked on the other side of that equation of doctors, are we happy as a patient? Isn't that what you just asked? Exactly. And I would say no.
1: No, and, and I think that's what we're hearing from our patients um, every single day. So, so um, we've, we are launching for a, a, a project of the um, Docs for Patient Care Foundation, the Let My Doctor Practice movement, um, which is uh, starting with a video but then is going to expand to something bigger. Do you care to, to uh, clue in our listeners of what that might be?
2: So this all, when we realized we wanted to, um, and when I say we, I mean uh, Let My Doctor Practice Movement and um, you guys at Docs for Patient Care Foundation, when we realized we wanted to get out this message, we created a video. And the organization that helped us do that was Levick. And Levick is a national public relations firm based in Washington, D.C. It's interesting because their brand or their slogan is Communicating Trust, and they are the ones that helped us create this video we were talking about earlier. And we are also then looking to LEVIC to come up with this uh, national education campaign that will be aimed towards the public and to patients entitled Three's a Crowd. Um, And it's our hope that through LEVIC and through their outstanding organization and people there that this threes a Crowd campaign will begin to unite American uh, patients and physicians by simply sharing stories and educating the public in a very reasoned, intelligent way, um, and identifying problems and then offering solutions for American health care as we move forward. Um, Three's a Crowd, the idea that, well, no, 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 no. no. It is about the doctor-patient relationship. That's how I started my op-ed, right? It's all about the doctor-patient relationship. So, if you have a third party in the room, insurance or otherwise, or a government that is dictating mandates, all of a sudden, there's a third entity in that relationship. So three's a crowd, and we need to very uh, you know I feel strong about this we need to like educate and communicate that to the American public because yes while they know that my doctor has less time my doctor uh, didn't have as much time as they expected they would have with me but why is that we need to educate that we need to drive that point home because three is a crowd and when I'm treating a patient and I'm looking at someone in the eye who's counting on me to take care of them I don't have time to have a third person in the room. I want all of my focus and all of my attention to be given towards the patient because, after all, let's not forget, they're the ones we're trying to treat. They're the ones we're trying to help. I cannot be a distracted driver or, in this case, a distracted physician. So three is a crowd. That's the campaign. And I think, I'm hopeful, that... It will be. I think it'll resonate widely amongst physicians and amongst the spectrum of all of us and those who are in healthcare.
1: I do too, Dan. And you know, I, I'm not. Uh, I, I'm not as um, uh, optimistic that the system necessarily will change. But what I'd like to see, and I think a lot of us would like to see, is that if. The 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 um, very special interests who have a lot of money, the insurance companies, the the hospitals, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna uh, um, just roll over and say, oh, oh gosh, this sounds like a great idea. They're gonna fight back tooth and nail <clears throat> to protect their their turf. But what I would like to see, and so many of us would like to see, is for um, the system not to stifle those who want to choose their own doctor or who want control of their health care. Because that's coming. And if it there th- it will compete with the the prevailing system right now. And what the prevailing system is deathly afraid of is that it, on equal footing, given given uh, you know, no roadblocks, no obstacles, when people Will have choice when when the when the market will dictate cost will dictate um, availability of resources that will win every single time over a regulated controlled system.
2: Yeah, you are so right, and um, <clears throat> and that's really <clears throat> what we want. You're right, is to give patients choice to have a choice, and you're right. I think if you. Get the third party out of there. If you could somehow just get back to a day where patient and doctor were just there in the room by themselves, that system will win. Uh, right. I think patients
1: they long for it. They, they are yearn- for it. they're yearning they recognize
2: this. You're you're right. And um, but it, it, it begins with messaging and getting that out there. You're right. Well,
1: it's because people are are um, they're just despondent. They don't see any hope and this hope this campaign i'm i'm optimistic will give them some hope that somebody's listening so people people have a better idea and the more that people support this and get this message out there it will resonate it, and it means going to the docs for patient care website wwwdocs care foundation d4pcfoundation.org, and click on the Let My Doctor Practice um, tab along the top of the website. Go to the video, share the video. You can share it on YouTube. You could share it on on Facebook. You could share it on Twitter. But share it. The more it goes viral, the more influence it will have. There's also a section a section on the website where patients can share their stories, and um, I encourage that because we're trying to collect stories because stories are really what resonates. It's what it's all about. You hear these people who are healthcare economists, who are policy wonks talking about statistics and about about the system. At the end of the day, and you've said this today, Dan, in the interview, this is a very Personal one-on-one relationship, and everybody in, who who is a patient has a story, and and unfortunately, many of those stories are are difficult stories. But and 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 it uh, and it stems from the system being so broken.
2: Right, and I would just echo that. I shared. I was last night. I shared it. I sent it to 150 physicians in the Santa Barbara area, and I posted it on my Facebook page. My two face. My medical doctor Facebook page and my personal one I just encourage every listener to share it get it out there because it'll go viral we, we know that you know in this day and age we live in it can and so it's a it's a simple thing to do to share this video and I would encourage all your listeners to do that we're about two things one the, the sanctity of the doctor patient relationship and two, the autonomy to practice medicine without restraint uh, imposed by overreaching government or corporate entities. That's what we're about, and that's what I think um, is healthy. That's what I think we need to do in, in order to um, preserve and protect what we uh, value so greatly, and that is taking care of patients in the best way we know how.
1: You know, Dan, you're dangerous because you are, you're saying things that the system does not want to hear, and, uh, and so you know, you've put yourself out there now. And just like so many of us, and uh it's it it there's a big responsibility there because there is our our patients are counting on us and and uh we're we're bucking the system
2: yeah, we are and but you know and maybe and and I knew when I did that when I wrote the op ed that 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 people might attack you uh, that's okay, you know that's fine we we but I would just like to encourage all physicians you know. But just have an honest conversation If I, I'm telling you if just stick to what you know as a physician and just communicate to patients what is going on and if we do that in a thoughtful, logical, rational way, devoid of inflammatory comments I think at the end of the day patients recognize it at the end of the day the patient-doctor uh, relationship is saved and I think that a lot of people will recognize that and see that as a
1: good thing. You know, we seldom talk about this kind of granular stuff on this show. We talk about big big issues, you know, we talk about um direct primary care, we talk about certificate of need, and we're coming to the very end of the show. So, uh I I just want everybody to realize that, you know, today we're just two doctors. Who see patients every day, and uh, just want to do the best we can for our patients, and uh, and we're we're taking time out of our uh, day to and our lives to do this kind of stuff, and so, so uh, I want people to recognize the contribution that Dr. Craviato is making and and uh, and the sacrifice that he's he's made to try to fight for everybody um, who he takes care of and those who he's going to take care of in the future. So, Dan, I want to thank you for everything you're doing, and I want to thank you for being on the show today.
2: Thank you so much, I appreciate it, and I would. Say right back to you. Thanks for everything you're doing and everything that Docs for Patient Care Foundation is doing. And again, just another thanks to Physicians Foundation who has been so supportive of, of the plight we have right now as physicians. Um, and to Levick for producing this powerful video.
1: Okay, well, thanks for listening, everyone, and, uh, and hope that you enjoyed this show, and please go to our website and uh, follow the uh, marching orders that we've given you today, and we'll see you back here next time in the Doctor's Lounge.
0: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.